everyone. It's uh, David Barnett from davidcbarnett.com, the podcast, YouTube channel, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play podcast, where I talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about mindset, attitude, things that you should and shouldn't eat, how to get to Columbia, and we're going to be talking about it with Harrison Hunter-Reed. How are you doing today, Harrison? I'm doing wonderful, and it is such a pleasure to be here. It's been such a pleasure to you know speak with you. Um, oh, well, well thank you. I, I, um, Hunter and I connected, Harrison, sorry, and I connected over the internet here, and I've been watching some of your interviews, and I've been watching some of the speeches that you've given, and I thought that you might be a great guest on my show uh, to talk a little bit about attitude and mindset, because you know, people generally reach out to me and they want to talk to me about, you know, numbers and finance and internal rates of return and all this kind of very calculated mechanical stuff. And a lot of the times, you know, when I'm working with people who are trying to buy a business, for example, I've got a whole uh, coaching program, a group coaching program with people that are wanting to buy a business. Half the conversations over there are about matching, you know, desires of what people want in their life and and how people want to spend their days and talking about how people feel and how people perceive things and negotiating, you know, so half the conversations are not about numbers at all. And so this is why I think it's such a a key thing for someone who's going to be a business person to spend a little bit of time in self-reflection, self-analysis, self-learning to kind of examine these kinds of things. And, you know, I I kind of made a little agenda of topics based on watching uh, some of the other stuff that you've done. And, um, but but first I'd, I'd like to get a little bit of your backstory about how you came to be a person who gets invited places to talk about, you know, mindset in business. Where, where is Harrison from? That's a really good question. And before I go into that, I just want to touch on what you were saying before um, about business owners and mostly being about numbers, but you know, you think that it's more than just numbers. And, you know, I just want to say that, you know, you know, buying a business is a lot about wanting to make more money. And if you really, get down into why do you want to make more money? And nobody wants to make more money just to have more. Well, some people want to make money just to have more money, but the real purpose of money is to live a lifestyle that you desire to be able to afford the things that you want um, to be able to contribute the things that you want. And you do all of those things to feel better. And so at the end of the day, you know, people buy businesses in order to get a financial return. But if you ask yourself, why do you want that financial return? There's always some sort of underlying you know emotional benefit that you're getting from buying a business and um, until you get clear on what the emotional benefit you get from buying a business you'll never be able to buy the right business and 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 fulfill on yourself you, you need to really figure out the why um, and then that will lead you to buying the business that will actually leave you fulfilled um, and so where did i come from i came from new york um, that's a really good question. Uh, I think like the I, city, I, I think, like New York City, like the big city? No, oh. um, like the suburbs, a little bit north of New York. Um, some people like to call us upstate, even though I could walk to the city. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, but, but about my background, um, you know, I, 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 had a, I had an interesting childhood. And, you know, we spoke about this before the podcast. You know, I, I grew up in a really great household, you know, um, you know, my parents weren't poor. They had, they had money. Um, you know, I had a really good role model as a father, you know, he would work, you know, really hard. Um, he would be in the office for 12 hours a day, but he would make it home for dinner almost every single day. That was, 
you know, something that was really important to me. I had really loving parents. Um, and I still struggled in my childhood. Um, I struggled with obesity. Uh, I struggled with depression. Um, you know, we talked about I struggled with a scarcity mindset. Even though there was abundance in my household, I felt like I wasn't deserving of it. And so I felt really scarce and, you know, had a, had a weird relationship um, with money that it took me a while to get over. Um, but anyway, uh, I went to college. I so, started so, Sorry, let's, I, I want to I talk about that a little bit. So did, did you feel a scarcity mindset maybe because you realized that you were in a, in a, in a position of dependence? Like it all just kind of levered on your dad's ability, willingness, et cetera, to, to be providing that? to you? That's a really interesting question. Um, you know, the answer is that is not what causes scarcity mindset. The scarcity mindset was more, um, there's kind of a, a, I wouldn't say mistreatment, but there's a lot of um, sort of judgment um, to people who, you know, kind of come from money and, you know, human beings, we don't want to be judged. We don't want to look bad. And that goes back to our caveman days when if we were ostracized, Mm. Um, we wouldn't be protected by the tribe. So we really hate being ostracized. We and want so, to conform. I'm sorry, what did you say? We, people want to conform. People want to conform. And so for me, my conforming, my desire to fit in was to kind of separate myself from the money, at least in my mind. And so like I grew up feeling like I didn't have money, even though my family did and they took care of me and they're really amazing. Um, you know, but when it came to, you know, spending money or purchasing, I was kind of allergic to it because I felt like, you know, I didn't want to be, you know, one of these, you know, kids who came from money. Mm. Okay. Okay. So it, it, it almost, um, you're trying to make a conscious effort to make yourself in a certain way so that you would feel accepted by the, the peers that you were drawn to. Yeah. yeah I, w- I wouldn't use the word conscious. I think it was more subconscious, um, but it was definitely, you know, an effort to fit in. Okay. Um, and that kind of um, lasted a while into my life. Um, you know, it, it shows up in some good ways. You know, when I was 18, a couple of friends and I, we started an events company. Um, we didn't have any capital and we figured out how to host these big, massive events without any capital. Um, you know, we hosted a party uh, that had 800 attendees. Uh, we had three different sound sets. We had ton of lighting you know we had uh, a famous dj at least famous in miami um you know and we did it through sponsorships and donations you know it was 100 percent um it didn't cost us a dime and we raised thousands of dollars and and you still had the scarcity mindset after that that sounds pretty abundant <laughs> Yes, I still had the scarcity scarcity mindset after that. That's a really good question. When did the scarcity mindset sort of go away? I think it went away when I really started to explore deep inside myself um, and uncover the layers. And I think that's really important for you know people to do. We live in a society today um, where we really try to hide ourselves. You know, we're always trying to look good and we're trying to make sure that nobody really sees us. Um, but the real power of humanity is being your authentic self. And so I think a big part of the human experience is just trying to uncover all the layers that we put on. And it's not like we put them on consciously or purposely. A lot of this happens in our childhood. And I know this is like really overblown when you think about like, who did you 
whose love did you crave more, your mother or father? Or, you know, tell me about an experience when you were like four, five, six. Um, but those things actually truly have a profound impact on our life. And I think, you know, something interesting to think about, you know, if we're talking to a lot of business people, um, is the idea of compounding, you know, so compound interest business is, you know, it has massive implications on your future wealth. Well, it's the same sort of thing in life. You know, when you were, you know, three, four or five, and you had this sort of traumatic experience and you made a decision to protect yourself, mm. you know, every time you have another experience similar to that, you deepen your protection of yourself and that compounds over time, which is why these events that happen when you're really young, are so powerful to uncover um, as you age because they really have formed this strong power over you. Well, and, and I think it's interesting because, you know, the personalities we have as adults, if, if I were to encounter a new idea right now, I would look at it with respect to the, you know, the, the base of knowledge and experiences that I've already had. But when you're the child, you don't have the base of knowledge and experiences, right? So, so these things come at you and you can't really determine if something's irrational or doesn't make sense or, or is silly. You, you just say, wow, here I am. And this is what the world is handing to me. It must be a part of the world. And, and it becomes internalized. I know, you know what you said about self-reflection, self-knowledge, self-understanding, uh, how important it is. <clears throat> I know that I, I began... The, I mean, I, I have to say that I, I believe I've always had a good level of self-awareness, but I never really did the work to really start examining things until after my divorce, because, because I had to ask myself questions like, geez, you've always thought you were a pretty smart guy. How did this happen to you? You know, how, how was, were you able to fall into this situation? You shouldn't have, but you did. And, and then you start to examine you know, these very basic understandings of yourself to, to figure out what went, what went wrong. I love that. I, I really do. And I think that's a really good um, topic to discuss is, you know, people, specifically business people. Um, what's really fascinating is they value education, but they value education that helps them make more money. They generally do most of their reading and, you know, how to grow a bigger business. Mm -hmm. um, but we really should look at all aspects of our life in the same sort of lens, right? If you want to be happy, happiness doesn't just happen overnight. If you want to be happy, you should learn how to be happy. There are strategies that people teach how to be happy. If you want to have an amazing relationship, it's, 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 it's work. Like you have to understand, you know, how to make your partner happy and you know, how to be your best self in the relationship and how to, to build a relationship together. Um, you know, any sort of thing that you desire in life, we feel if it's business, oh, we need to go to school and we need to learn how to grow a bigger, a better business. But if it's anything else in life, we're just like, oh, that could just happen if we wish for it. And that's something that um, is, is, I think, had a, a negative connotation for a long time um, with like, you know, calling it self-help and mm. like sort of making fun of these people. But it's, if you really want to live the best life, which everyone wants to live a great life, that's sort of the whole purpose of it. And we talked about it before, right? Why do you buy a business? Because it gives you some sort of emotional benefit. Um, and if you really want to build the best possible life, it's about educating yourself in all different areas and not just um, business. So <clears throat> when, when, you know, when we're moving about in the world and we're talking to people and we're having these interactions and things, 
one of the things that really resonates with me, and, and I know it's important to you because I heard you talk about it in one of the one of the speeches that I watched uh, on the internet, um, is just about the people that are immediately around you. I mean, we know that the, there's that famous Jim Rohn quote that you're the the average of the five people you spend the most time with. But I think this is really critical because if you are, you know, saying things or talking about things and you're constantly being pulled back, you know, and, and you talk about your experience when you were young, uh, when you had that scarcity mindset because you were trying to fit in with other people, I'm sure your interactions with those people just kept reinforcing those ideas. So how radical a, you know, recasting of your friend, you know, sort of, uh, if we want to think about your friends as a as a group of actors in a play around your life, how radically do we have to look at recasting this scene? Okay, that's yes. Okay, yeah, really powerful question. Um, I'd like to touch on proximity for a little bit um, first. Uh, so everyone has two brains, and if you're into personal development, you definitely know this. If you're not into personal development, you may or may not know this. There's the conscious brain and there's the subconscious brain. And the conscious brain is your thoughts and you know your desires and what you want to do. And the subconscious brain is basically your programming. And you know when life gets difficult, when there are things you want to do that you're not doing, that's because there's some sort of dichotomy between your subconscious brain and your conscious brain. And there are a lot of factors that influence your subconscious brain. But um, if you really you want to have a, an easy life. And when I say easy, I don't mean not working hard. I mean, you know, I work all day long because my subconscious tells me to work all day long. And when, when you're aligned with your subconscious, not only are things that you want to create easy, it's really fun. And so if you want to have an easy and fun life, um, you really have to look at the factors that influence your subconscious. And there's several ones, you know, you could hypnotize yourself. You know, if you ever seen some crazy guy looking in a mirror and talking to himself like, I am successful, I am happy, I am you know, gonna win this deal, I'm an awesome lover or whatever. That's him trying to, or her trying to uh, penetrate their subconscious. And there are more effective ways to do it than to look into your mirror, but that is a way for everyone to sort of have some kind of influence into your programming, which is really important. Um, another really important way to influence your subconscious is your environment, the, the you know, where you live, you hang out with these are factors that really influence your your um, subconscious and so one of the easiest ways to transform your subconscious if you don't want to you know wake up every morning and look in the mirror and repeat some sentences to yourself um, is to basically surround yourself with people who you want to be like and and the reason is is your subconscious is like a sponge it really absorbs everything around you you know in my life, I look at music, you know, I, I took away all depressing music from my life. I only want music in my life that's upbeat and positive because that infiltrates your subconscious on a deep level because you're blasting it right in your ear. You know, the, the TV shows and the movies you watch, you know, if you watch a show where, you know, the main character is always messing up, you know, you may start to, to mess up in your life. Um, but if you watch a, a show, you know, one of my favorite shows is Limitless. Um, it's a guy who, you know, takes his pill, you know, and then he's like the smartest person in the world. You know, it doesn't make me want to do drugs, but it, it really um, helps shape the way I think because I start thinking like this guy who's the smartest guy in the world just because he's influencing my um, subconscious and then people. So, you know, the best way you could possibly influence your subconscious is to surround yourself with people that you want to be like. Yeah. And uh, this might be hard to hear. Um, 
but that also means to to make sure you're not surrounding yourself with people you don't want to be like and you know for some for some time um you know when i was running my first business i was really successful really early on um but i was living with you know uh, uh, some good friends of mine and they're still good friends this day you know if you if you t limit time with people in your life that doesn't make them not your friend it's just protecting your subconscious and so you know the friends that i would live with they were more into you know hanging out watching tv um you know they weren't really career focused in the way i was and if they were career focused they may have had a sort of a limited mindset into you know how your career could go and so, you know, once I got out of the apartment, um, you know, my life really started to scale really quickly mm. um, just because I started surrounding myself with people who were more, you know, open-minded and the belief that anything is possible because, you know, there, there's like, no matter how strong your beliefs are about what you're doing and what you're creating, if you're getting constant input all around you, of no, that can't work, that's impossible, that's not gonna do it, it's gonna seep into your subconscious and you're gonna start doubting yourself, which is unfortunate. So when you start surrounding yourself with people who, they're not just, um, they're, they're not just saying yes, like yes, you could do anything, but they're understanding their vision, the vision and they're seeing ways it could work and not work, and sort of pushing you in the direction of it working, um, you become a lot more stronger in your beliefs. And at the end of the day, business is a, is a very highly psych psychological game. You know, everybody in this world has million dollars, million dollar ideas, billion dollar ideas. And the difference between people who create million, billion dollar businesses and people who don't are the ones who believe in the idea and actually execute on it. And, you know, execution is difficult um, unless you have the psychological um, belief that it's going to work um, and then it's much easier to ex execute. So I, I, I love what you're saying. And, um, you know, I, I, I see a lot of, of what you're saying in, in, in how I live my life. You know, I, I have, I use affirmations. I, I consciously try to program my subconscious to lead myself forward with my own goals. And I've got, I've talked before on the, on the show about how I, I literally track goals the way uh, they teach grade two students how to read with little gold stars as you, as you progress. Right. Cause it, 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 again, it gets back to that childhood formation of what motivates you and what makes you want to do stuff, right? Um, but this leads into something very interesting because I have seen more and more discussion about abundance mindset, things like law of attraction and, and you know, mo success with movies like The Secret and things like this. And I've seen people whip themselves up into a euphoric frenzy of believing that you know, whatever they want is absolutely possible to the point that they depart from rationality and end up doing something silly, uh, getting into a bad deal, overextending themselves. I see this particularly with uh, a few business people that I've worked with over the years who've been a part of these different peer groups like mastermind groups where they were basically told you can do whatever you want and then they'll go and launch an ambitious expansion that didn't work. And, and they'll really end up feeling devastated because then they, they feel, you know, betrayed by their own attitude. I mean, what, what are some of the things people can do to enjoy the abundance of creating this kind of mindset for themselves and the happiness that goes with it without falling prey to their own irrational exuberance? <laughs> there are some words you didn't expect to hear today. 
No, that that's a, it's a really loaded question. It, it's very complicated. A lot of that is on on case by case basis. And you know, I may some, say something right now that you might not agree with. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the case of someone who may overextend themselves and um, you know maybe fail in their business, if they can continue to keep that mindset, um, you know, we all have failures, big and small, and it's about persistence. And so, you know, even if they you know make a move that they fully believe in and it doesn't work out um if they can keep that mindset they can rebuild and they can build mm. a new business or you know it it's you know the thing about it is the bigger the fail the bigger the learning experience and the bigger the next successes well i i appreciate that i mean um, part of that is my own story actually is right. you know having things not work out and then building a new business upon what was learned in the old one um so, okay. So <laughs> to, to, to tie this all back together, you started in New York city, you've, you, you sold your first business, which was a financial services business. And then it freed you to go and see the world. Um, one of the, one of the talks that I saw you on was the, something called the nomad cruise. Um, you want to tell people what that is? Cause I think it's a neat event. Kind of want to keep talking about, um, the last subject, but we can move on. Um, so the new the Nomad Cruise, uh, it's a conference on the water, and actually, uh, I, I'm pretty sure it's the first of its kind. But there's actually another one, like a it's a called I can't remember the name, but it's like a workout cruise. Um, but it's a conference on a cruise. Uh, I, I mine was 12 days. They they have different variations. I think it's between one week and uh, two weeks, and um, they get between. 300 and 500 business owners and you know they have over the course of two weeks they have 48 talks or at least they have 48 talks in mind so there's a a ton of education from people who are experienced in different fields you know there was a topic about affiliate marketing social media marketing there was business psychology um there was nutrition engineering happiness um there was, you know, this really great guy talking about productivity. Um, those are kind of the ones that I, oh, there was networking in the digital age. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the ones that I kind of remember. Um, and, so, and so the people on the ship, they're, they're independent, they're location independent entrepreneurs. Right. So that's okay. sort of I, I, more of a new wave where you can kind of run a company remotely. Um, you could run it from your computer. Um, you know, there are a lot of businesses that allow for that. And so there's a big movement of location independence. Um, you know, one thing is, you know, I know your audience is people who are buying businesses, uh, but people who are starting companies, um, you know, when you don't have an income and all your money is going into a company, uh, you know, a lot of people move into their parents' basement and they buy ramen noodles and they survive off that. Well, another option is to move to a, a, a country where, the cost of living is, you know, mm. one fifth the cost of the U.S. And then you could have your own apartment, and you could have, you know, nice meals, and you're kind of living on the same sort of budget that you would be in your parents' basement. Um, as long as you don't have to physically be at some place to do the business, right? This is this is right. As long the as nice you don't thing about this about the internet, right? Um, and I can't really think of examples. Right now, I mean, I have a food company and I, I don't really have to be there. I mean, I'm in and out of the U.S. every other month. Um, you know, I have to go to my 
manufacturing to, to check up with them and making sure that everything's working. Um, you know, sometimes I do have to meet with investors face to face, but in general, um, I do most of my meetings over Zoom um, and I do my managing over email, and sometimes Zoom when I need it. Uh, but what's, what's interesting about the location independent lifestyle, and I was talking about this with a friend of mine the other day, is you know, when you join that kind of that world, you meet a lot of fascinating people. And you know, we talked about proximity earlier. Mm. In order to be a location independent entrepreneur, there are certain qualities that you have to have. You have to have an open mind to, to pick up your stuff and move out of the country um, and live in a suitcase. Um, you have to be dedicated to growing your business because that's the only way to, to fund your lifestyle. Um, you have to be dedicated to being productive. Um, you know, one thing that, you know, is also really interesting that we didn't mention yet. There are a lot of things you learn when you start living out of your suitcase. And one of those things is um, you only have so much room. So you need to make sure everything in that suitcase is what you actually need. And so you're always trying to figure out, you know, what can I get rid of? What is, what do I not, not need? What is redundant? And that sort of plays into your life. And you start looking at your friend group and your proximity and it's like who do i need to not spend as much time with not cut out of my life or hate them you can still text with them and message with them and make sure that they know that you love them but who can i spend less time with in order to take my life to the next level um and then also fun uh so you know i talk about productivity a lot and you know productivity is really important in order to manage a business. Well, as human beings, we have different kind of buckets that we need to, to fill up or we can't really function. You know, Maslow has a pyramid that mm -hmm. talks about and the base in order to be happy. First, you need to get your survival needs. If you don't have shelter, if you don't have food, if you don't have water, you don't, you can't even think about um, happiness. And that kind of works with, sorry. Well, well, no, Harrison, uh, this, this is exactly great because I actually wanted to talk about um, fun in life and, and which is exactly where what you're starting to talk about but there's a there's a guy i follow on twitter um he's a former heavyweight boxer ed Lattimore. he put out a tweet this morning as we're recording this where he basically said you know poor people are poor because they make poor decisions and they make those decisions within the realm of their paradigm they don't seem like poor decisions from that point of view and so as you as you sort of change yourself to, to make yourself ready for this new place you're going to be and you change the people around you and you, you know, you're pushing yourself up Maslow's hierarchy, right? You're taking care of the basic things. You're getting up into seeking happiness and self-actualization ultimately and all that kind of stuff. Then you obviously you get yourself into a position where you make better and better decisions that are going to lead you in that direction. And I think it's interesting because like, like we mentioned earlier in the conversation, a lot of my talks with people who want to buy a business, for instance, they, they want to talk about numbers and stuff. And the starting point that I talk about with most people is what do you want your life to look like in 10 years? Because the business is simply the vehicle that drives you there, right? It provides the resources and stuff you're going to need in order to get, in order to get yourself into that situation to have more fun, love, excitement, et cetera. Right. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I think a, a big, you know, point in what you're saying is um, in order to have a successful business, which, you know, many of the people listening to this either have had successful businesses or on track to have successful businesses. 
um, you need a vision for your business. You need to know um, where you're going. Well, if you want to have a successful life, you need to have a vision. You need to know where you're going. Um, that's very important. You know, poor people make poor decisions because of the paradigm they live in. Well, vision is your paradigm. So if you don't mm -hmm. take a step back and take time to strategize and create a vision for your life, you're going to have a paradigm that's not sort of aligned with what you want. And when your paradigm isn't aligned with what you want, you're not going to make the right decisions. And so, you know, vision is, is, is so important. Um, and it makes decision-making really easy. You know, we only have so much decision-making power. You know, like people like um, Steve Jobs, um, Mark Zuckerberg, they wear the same exact outfit every day because they understand a human being has a certain amount of decision power every day. And so in order to be able to make more decisions, you have to make each decision easier. And the way to make each decision easier is to have a vision. And then every time you have a decision, you just go, does this fit my vision? Yes. Okay. Perfect. No. Okay. Let's make a different decision. And it just becomes so much easier and you can be way more powerful that way. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm glad that I'm not in the fashion industry because I would obviously feel hurt by that revelation. That I didn't say you need to wear the this. same outfit. <laughs> <laughs> Mark and Steve do. All right. Um, and Jeff Bezos. There you and, go. You know, they, they're, they're kind but, of wealthy people. But are the are the second two just copying the first? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Um, uh, listen, Harrison, it's been awesome to have you on the show. I think it's been a great conversation. Uh, if people want to find out more about you and hear your stuff and, and engage with you, what's the best way for them to find you? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. So, uh, you know, one thing about this show is we've had a great conversation. It's been really enjoyable and we've talked about a lot of subjects and we talked about a lot of subjects in a really high level kind of way. And that's just the nature of podcasting because they're only you know 45 minutes to an hour. Um, and so if anyone found something interesting and they want to, you know, talk further, understand more, learn more. Um, I love when people reach out and ask me questions. And if you want to reach out, um, there are a few different ways to do it. Um, you know, normally I start with talking about my Instagram, but I think that might be the wrong avenue for this audience. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we're, we're big on LinkedIn over here. Right. So yeah, LinkedIn is, is the second way to get in touch with me. And, you know, on LinkedIn, I kind of have a long name. Um, it's Harrison Hunter Reed Fisher, CPFA. Um, and David came up with a really good pseudonym. It's uh, Harrison Ford, played chess with Bobby Fisher. Um, and so if you search Harrison Hunter Reed Fisher, uh, you should be able to find me. You know, I'm, the, I'm a speaker. That's sort of my, my main title. Um, if you, you know, want to get in touch another way, we didn't really talk about um, sort of what I'm doing, what I'm bringing in this world. But okay. I do have a, a food company we're launching next month and we're making uh, health foods that taste like junk food. So you know, um, you know, a big theme in this world is, you know, obesity and it's bigger than it has ever been. And, you know, it's really difficult for a lot of people because, um, you know, food is really addicting these days. Mm. And, you know, when I speak to people who struggle with weight issues, which, you know, I did in my childhood, I have people in my family, I have a lot of people in my life who have, um, the general consensus is, you know, they know eating healthy is important and they generally eat healthy most of the time. Um, 
it's those times of emotional distress when you know you're buying a business and it's like really overwhelming or stressful and things aren't going right and you're like i just need some relief and you go and you grab a bag of these you know um, highly processed chemically filled junk foods and um like it makes you feel good in the moment but a couple hours later you're feeling even more stress and overwhelmed and it, and it creates this sort of um vicious downward cycle and so what we're creating is something that will you know, help you in times of emotional distress when you're stressed, overwhelmed, depressed, upset, angry, any sort of negative emotion that you want some relief from, um, you're going to get that same sort of re relief from what we're creating, um, but it's going to help you feel better. And when you feel better, you're, you know, we, we talked about this earlier, you know, when you eat better, um, you feel better, you think better, you're better able to make decisions mm -hmm. and you're better able to run your business. So we're creating a food for, you know, business owners to run their business more effectively and you could learn more about that at uh, kula.com it's another it's another name that needs a, a pseudonym um, but to spell it it's uh, k-o-o-h-l-a-h.com and so you know what i like to say it's, it's k and then it's the letter u like u o-o-h then it's l and the letter a-h.com and if you sign up for our <laughs> newsletter you'll get um emails about nutrition related content and you'll get emails about our launch so you can get that tasty junk food into your life and start feeling better and you know having more control of your business that's awesome you know what <clears throat> after that is fully up and running we'll have to have you back on to talk about the mechanics of getting a consumer product business up and running and get the distribution and getting the retail space and all that kind of stuff because um it's it it, it can be very difficult for a newcomer to get into a business where you're competing with the likes of, you know, Hostess Frito-Lay and, and people like that. Yes, I, it's definitely, I have great stories about that. I'm, I'm totally enjoying it. Uh, and, you know, one of those things is staying in my abundance mindset and, you know, all these things I'm trying to do, you know, people tell me left and right are impossible. Um, but one thing that drives me is it's such a mission-based organization. We're really trying to help uh, those that struggle with weight issues take control of their health and live a more abundant life. And so, you know, anytime someone tells me it's impossible, it's just, that's not an option for me, right? My paradigm, my vision says like, no, this has to work. This needs to come to fruition. And, you know, you know, we haven't launched yet, but we're on track to launch next month. And that's, this is way further than, you know, so many people in my path have told me that I would never be able to get to. And, um, you know, I think when we do launch, it would make for a really fascinating podcast because the, the CPG world is actually, it's really hard to, to break into, um, especially when you're someone like me who came from the finance industry and didn't really have very many connections, but it's possible. And I'll be happy to share my journey on how I made that happen. Awesome. Harrison, good to have you Hunter on the show. <laughs> Harrison Hunter Reed. And and we'll connect with you again. And the, the links you shared, I'll put them in the show notes. So if someone's driving or whatnot, you can just find it and click on it when you get to a safe place. And um, we'll talk to or you later. Or while you're driving, just pull your phone out and go to my website, sign up for the email address. That's okay too. <laughs> Don't do Not that. in some places, but... <laughs> <Don't do that. laughs> um, and uh, don't forget, everyone, uh, if you want help to buy a business, uh, businessbuyeradvantage.com is the place to go. Cheers. Totally. We'll see you later. Fast. Good to meet you. Good to meet you, too.